On a cold February night in 1991, 28-year-old Brenda Condon was going to work the closing shift as a bartender when she seemingly vanished into thin air. This case has turned into one of the most baffling cold cases in Spring Township's Pennsylvania. Hi, dead people! I'm your host, Lexi Chef, and welcome to the first episode of Dead Cold, a podcast discussing cold cases about missing and dead individuals around the world. On this episode, we will be discussing the missing and presumed dead mother of two, Brenda Condon, from Clearfield, Pennsylvania. And we sadly are missing our co-host today. She's out sick, but she will be here next week, so make sure you tune in. I would start off with saying how excited I am just to be here and be recording. Without further ado, let's just go into Miss Brenda Condon. Brenda arrived at her bartending shift on February 26, 1991 at Carlsbad Tavern, which is now, it's a pizza pub, I guess. Nice. Anyway, it's along State Route 550. Brenda drove her 1986 Mercury Capri to the parking lot, parked, and ran inside to beat the cold. Brenda had only had her job as a bartender at Carlsbad Tavern for about four to five weeks, and she was already a fan favorite. I wish I could make friends that fast. Like, and she, if you really think about it, she probably didn't work that. Anyway. <laughs> going down a rabbit hole. Brenda was outgoing and approachable, and people loved talking to her. She loved striking up conversations with strangers, which she actually did a lot more than you'd think in a small town, because this was, again, off just off an interstate, so there was a lot of weary travelers just wanting to get off the road, coming to a bar. So, anyway, (laughs) that night, that Brenda was working there was a few new people that came in and she was seen talking to one of them from about 12:45 to 1:15 and this is where we have some suspicions by police out here there were three unknown men that Brenda could have been talking to that night and their composite sketches will be on the on the Instagram which is Dead Cold Podcast, as well as uh, in the show notes. So the first man was tall in his early 40s, wearing a blue down jacket, jeans, and a side part. The second man was under six feet in his late 50s, wearing a short jacket, work slacks, and a plaid brown shirt with thinning hair on the sides of his head. The third man was younger and average height in his mid-20s to early 30s, wearing a black leather jacket, a white button-down shirt, and jeans with his hair, and his hair (laughs) was thick and dark. 
these three unknown men still haven't come out to police in 31 years some of them are probably dead oh my god anyway um so after that one of those unknown men left the bar and everybody else left the bar is around 2 a.m and brenda killed the music cleaned up made sure the money was where it should be and then she hit the light switch and after that she was never seen again it's completely unknown what actually happened to her now at around 10 a.m on the 27th so the following day morning following morning a cigarette vendor came to restock the machines there was a car in the parking lot although it was really early and the door was unlocked so the vendor told police that he didn't recall anything out of the ordinary or nothing was suspicious so he went along his biz with his business, restocked the machines, and left. When the day shift employees showed up at the tavern, it was very shortly after the vendor had left, they noticed that Brenda's 1986 gray Mercury Capri was still in the parking lot, and they knew something was wrong. They found the door was unlocked, and when they entered the bar, it was neat. Not a single thing out of place. But when they went to check the bathrooms, they saw Brenda's black cowboy boots that she had been wearing the night before neatly placed right next to the bathroom door on the inside. They called around and learned that Brenda had never returned home. After that, they called the police. When a police arrived they were unable to find any signs of a struggle if any crime had occurred brenda was the only target there was no money missing no broken bottles no chairs tipped over detectives didn't know what to think about the boots and i mean honestly neither would i it's the dead of winter and there's a missing woman and she doesn't have her boots and if something, if someone did take her, why would they just leave her boots there? Really confusing. And the scene was staged, obviously. Um, the person who placed the boots there wanted them to be found, but we don't know exactly why. I think they were just trying to, like, shake up the investigators. They're, they might be a person that was, is trying to get attention about it or maybe they didn't want investigators to think what they thought next they thought that because none of her belongings besides the boots were there her purse and her keys were missing that she just wanted to disappear for a few days to maybe clear her head and i would have been like nope 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 there's no way and that's what all of her family and friends said. Now, here's the thing. I find it extremely strange that her co-workers had reported her missing. And this was about 17 hours after her shift. The next morning after her shift. And she lived with her boyfriend, who we'll get into later. And he didn't report her missing. And... I don't know. It just, it lingers with me. Anyway, three days after her co-workers called police, 
and they didn't really take it seriously, saying that she might have just disappeared and wanted to clear her head. She missed her visitation with her children, which many of her family members say that she would never do. You see, Brenda's own mother had died when she was just a toddler, so she knew that it could be really hard for a child to be raised without a mother. So that's why she moved to State College with her boyfriend, Greg Palazzari, so she could be closer to her kids, which I love. I'm going to bring this up again, that everyone that she knew said that she would never voluntarily walk away from her kids. In addition to being a part-time bartender, she also managed two cleaning services, one in Williamsport and one in State College. She, again, was very dependable, and it was completely out of character for her to miss any time at work without telling anybody. So now at this point, detectives are looking more into Brenda's background. They're looking harder at her case, and they start interviewing anyone who had contact with her in the days leading up to her disappearance. This is when those three unknown patrons come in. They quickly eliminated her ex-husband, Thomas, and then focused on Greg Palazzari, her boyfriend at the time of her disappearance. So Brenda and Greg had been dating for about two years and she had been living with him in state college for about four months at the time of her disappearance. Greg told detectives that they had a very good relationship and how Brenda was very happy with the way that her life was going. That's why he is convinced that she would have never left on her own and that someone may have abducted her. Greg told detectives that he last spoke to Brenda shortly before she went to work on Tuesday, February 26th, and she was in very good spirits, and she was really excited to celebrate her birthday coming up in two days over a fancy dinner. On March 3rd, they started launching a physical search for Brenda using helicopters, search dogs and volunteers to go through the area surrounding the tavern with a fine tooth comb but in the end there was absolutely no trace of brenda weeks went by with no progress on the case and it slowly went cold detectives had interviewed more than a hundred people during the course of their investigation and did six or seven polygraph tests but nothing was ever solid, so they could never develop any suspects. Or any solid suspects. But Brenda's sister Iris has believed from the beginning that her sister's disappearance has something to do with Greg and his activities. Because at the time, he was rumored to be a drug dealer. Maybe Brenda saw something or heard something that she wasn't supposed to. But of course, as any drug dealer would do, Greg denied the accusations and insisted he had nothing to do with Brenda's disappearance. And I guess detectives agreed because they stated that there has never been anything pointing to Greg's involvement. But there are still a whole bunch of people who think that Greg has something to do with it. I've asked Greg that multiple times if that was the reason why she disappeared, and he couldn't tell me no. I would have to say he's probably somewhat responsible, and not in a direct line, but he owed a lot of people a lot of money. 
That was Greg Palazzari's former girlfriend, Nancy Ann Jones, who he dated after Brenda Condon went missing. And that group of people would grow because the rumor that he was a drug dealer was actually true, but it would take investigators years to prove it. But in 2009, he was arrested for dealing cocaine. Even after the arrest, they still don't believe that he has anything to do with Brenda's case. Now, in December 1991, a candlelight vigil was held for Brenda and another missing woman, Josette Brungard, from the same area. About 25 people gathered, crying and singing. The words of Silent Night resonated around the Center County Courthouse. The only thing that's developed in relation to that case is that Greg was convicted of drug charges in 2016. Brenda's family has never stopped searching for her, but they have come to terms with the fact they may just be looking for a body. Her kids are now adults, and Brenda would now be a grandmother. Her family believes that there's people out there who know what happened to Brenda on that cold February night, and they are hoping they would come forward with this information so they can finally give Brenda a proper burial. Brenda Condon was 28 years old when she vanished. She has blue eyes and reddish-brown hair, and at the time of the disappearance, she was 5 feet 4 inches tall and weighed 110 pounds. She was last wearing jeans, a black tank top with a silver shirt on top of it. She has a ring of roses tattooed on her ankle, and she normally wore green titan contact lenses. If you have any information about Brenda, please contact the Pennsylvania State Police, Rockview Station, at 814-355-7345. That's 814-355-7345. Now, since we do have some time left in this episode, I'm going to read and discuss a few cases that might possibly be connected to Brenda Condon's. Alright, so the first one is about Penn State student Cindy Song. She was last seen November 1st, 2000 outside of her apartment, Building 17, at the State College Park Apartments. She is still missing to this day, and I'm just going to read you this story. Song was raised in South Korea. She moved to the United States in 1995 to live with relatives in Springfield, Virginia, near Alexandria. She graduated high school and enrolled in Pennsylvania State University, Integrative Arts. She was scheduled to graduate during the spring of 2002. Song attended a Halloween party during the early morning hours of November 1st, 2001 at the Players Nightclub in the 100th block of West College Avenue. She departed from the party at 2 a.m., then stopped by a friend's home for two hours. Another friend dropped Song off outside her residence in State College Park Apartments in the 300th block of West Clinton Avenue at approximately 4 a.m. She had been drinking that evening and was mildly, mildly intoxicated when she was taken to her apartment, and then she was never heard from again. Her friends reported her missing on November 4th, three days after police think she disappeared. Nearly all of her personal belongings that she had that night, including her backpack and phone, 
she normally carried were inside of her residence. The false eyelashes that she wore as part of her costume were located in her apartment. Strangely enough, and this is where it gets kind of similar to Brenda Condon, her keys and purse were the only things missing from her residence. Her phone had been shut off and didn't place any phone calls from her apartment after returning home. There was no sign of a struggle or foul play at the scene. Now here's where it also gets similar to Brenda Condon's. Police investigated the possibility that Song's disappearance has been drug-related. Her diary entries indicate that she and her friends experimented with marijuana and ecstasy. However, there is no evidence that she used drugs on the night of her disappearance, and the drug theory was eventually discarded. She was last seen wearing a rabbit costume, which consisted of a pink sleeveless shirt with a rabbit design imprinted on the front, rabbit ears, a white tennis skirt with a cotton bunny tail attached to the back, brown suede leather knee-high boots, and a red knee-length hooded parka. Song is shown wearing the rabbit ears in a photograph that I will post in the show notes. Now I think these cases actually have a lot of similarities. Honestly, um, the fact that her keys and purse were the only things missing, and let's see, she wasn't reported missing until a few days after she was last seen, three to be exact, which, was that the same exact, no, I think it was two days for Brenda Condon, but anyway, (laughs) um what else oh yeah the fact that they went missing in almost the same area each um abduction site or like the place that they were living was only three miles apart or within three miles of each other the only thing is is the difference in abduction times songs abduction happened uh, nine years later after brenda condon and they're completely different ages but kind of similar but they also don't have a very similar description versus the other one i was going to talk about joey lynn offute offute afoot i don't know she went missing in 2007 which again is a super long like time frame difference from 1991 to 2007 that's even a bigger jump than cindy's song but the circumstances are just so weird it just like throws you for a loop authorities responded to a fire at joey lynn offutes skiesville pennsylvania home sorry if i'm butchering her last name i'm actually sorry um after the fire was extinguished the remains of her six week old son were discovered but joey and her car a red saturn with virginia license plates were missing police found her car four days later in state college pennsylvania parked in the Nitani garden apartment complex where she had previously lived Uh, Her other two children were not home at the time of the fire, and they have been living with other family members since their mother's disappearance. In the, geez, it's been 15 years 
since her disappearance. There's been no substantial leads. There have been nothing to help the investigation further. And people believe that she would have never just left her children. Just like Brenda Condon. Now, there's a lot of differences, but there's also a lot of similarities. The only thing is, is that that person, if it was the same person, escalated so far because they burned down her house with a six-week-old in it. That's why I definitely don't think that it was the same person. And there are people, or her family, thinks that the person who did this burned down the house to destroy evidence because maybe they had killed her. At the time of her disappearance, Joey was described as a petite woman, approximately 5'3", with a thin build. She has brown eyes and brown-red hair, just like Branda Condon. She may or may not have been wearing glasses, and at the time of her disappearance, she was 33 years old, which would make her about 48 today. Again, her picture as well will be on the in the show notes as well as the website. If you have any information on Joey Lynn afoot, afoot, sorry, if you have any information on her disappearance, call the Find Joey tip line at 1-877-440-JOEY. I would like to thank you guys for joining me on our first episode of Dead Cold. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and don't forget to check out our Instagram and Twitter, as well as TikTok at Dead Cold Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and Dead Cold Podcast on tiktok all of my sources to this episode will be linked in the show notes as well as the website at deadcoldpodcast.com